Hello, everyone, and welcome to Seed Partners, the only podcast with two dudes. That's not true. <laughs> One of millions of podcasts with two dudes sitting in a room talking about their their lives. It's like, do I tell people this is take two? Man, the first no, you should. You should always tell. We should probably should have just left the first take in there. I mean, we didn't uh, make it forty five seconds into it. It was fifteen. It's because you tried to rap. It was. Well, was that a rap? No. It was a. I was a, just trying to a, a, a new jaunt, fun, funky, a jaunty saunter. Yeah. You know, you try something new to it's, keep I think it fresh. it's always great to do new things. I just, I also think it's great to know do what we rehearsed when it doesn't work, <laughs> yes. and you should just cut your losses and and redo it. Yeah, and I it's, I think that it's it was like better. rehearsal. It is. Yeah, it's it is like rehearsal. Why did we fall, Bruce? I don't uh, t- so we can get back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am insanely blown away because I don't know if I've told you this or not, but this past podcast had 538 people in Singapore listen to it. Are you serious? Our last podcast. I think that someone is trolling us. <laughs> like, <laughs> surely 530, like, that can't, it just, that many people in Singapore are interested in these two dudes from the middle of nowhere, Louisiana. I mean, I'm not trying to make you feel bad, Germany, but like Singapore is really beating you. <laughs> and we're super close to a thousand, you know, subscribers. And we would like really love that. That I, would be insane. I will say you sent me the numbers the other day and I'm just so completely blown away and humbled. And it's not even been a year. I'd like to thank God and I'd like to thank uh, of the Adele people that and got me Adele. <laughs> I'd like to thank Adele for the 21 album. The 21 album changed my life and it's who I am today. <laughs> oh, I was going to I almost sang Set Fire to the Rain. It took everything in me not to sing that just then. But seriously though, it is wild. Yeah. I just I don't know where they're coming from or how they even found us, but I mean, who knows? Maybe it maybe it's just social media, man. I don't know. I don't know it, but still. Either way, cool. thanks everybody. Like, I super probably humble. should have looked up how to say thank you, but you know, clearly, if you're listening Please to don't. us, maybe you're. I've heard your Duolingo. That's true. That is great. true. I should. I shouldn't do it. I just borderline offensive. Um, how is your week going? Actually, I'm having a very good week. Actually, yeah. I. I, I don't know if I've talked about this yes, before. Yes, you but have. I and love I, I when people say actually, you said that, and and I have. And now you tried hear it all the time. Make that word disappear from my vocabulary altogether. It's a hard word. It's a hard like yeah. thinking about, and I think just because I teach, I think about what people say now and mm-hmm. what it actually means to other people because I have to be so sensitive as to what you know how people are going to interpret it in a classroom and just making sure that everybody feels comfortable and safe. Yeah, and whatnot. And listening to the words that people use, it's just, it is amazing how people don't know what they mean Mm -hmm. and how they sound. I guess from my perspective, like when you ask me about my week, I think, well, it's typically this, 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 and this, but we had some really great news happen. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't know if you want to announce that or talk about that even at all, but like, I'm very, I'm just like ecstatic and over the moon right now. So I am too. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, 
I almost feel like it's it's hard it's hard to say that you're excited about something because we have had to change our plans and retool things and recommit ourselves and then uncommit ourselves so many times. Yeah. And so now looking at into the future, you're like, there's just like, can I find it within myself to be positive and say, yeah, I can say for sure that this is going to happen where the last three times that I have said for sure, I'm positive. (laughs) This is going to happen. Yeah. And it's, it's like, I, I, it, it it does kind of scare me. You asked me earlier if I wanted to talk about it. It's like yeah, sure. But now I'm now I am kind of afraid. Yeah, a little nervous now that you're on the spot. Well, it's more or less like I'm af- if I say it out loud, it's almost like can it disappear? Yeah, is it possible for it to not actually happen? That's what's so insane about this whole lockdown pandemic and everything that we've kind of gone through in the past, you know, year ish now, well, a little over a year, and to think that something that I guess maybe I had taken for granted personally that, oh, yeah, I'm always going to be able to do shows and do theater and And be busy. Yeah. And be busy. And it was something that I told you the other day. It was like, do do you just wake up and just realize like all of a sudden we're busy again because things are opening up and. Well, and it's like we're it's we are nowhere near keeping the schedule that we used to. And I feel like I'm borderline overwhelmed oh yeah every day i'm like i is this is gonna be a, a long adjustment period and i know that <laughs> yes. i've said that i don't want to get anywhere near like what we used to be because yeah. i do think that we were kind of losing a little bit of ourselves and you know i think that it is imp- important to have a passion but i also think it's important to remember what is most important yes and you know without the people that you love it's it's pointless i will and say so, i am very thankful that as a result of this, I get to hang out with you and Lexi a lot more. Yeah, that is true. We yeah. do get to hang out all the time, which is awesome. And it's it's strange because it doesn't feel like it doesn't it it just feels like that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, <laughs> it's just kind of <laughs> like, um, yeah. I mean, we well, we were thinking this is really really horrible. We're like thinking about furniture for the guest bedroom, and I was literally thinking in my mind, what would Chris be okay with (laughs) like looking at this new bed today online i was like i think chris would like that like why am i even why is that even crossing my mind like considering (laughs) oh my gosh but i mean it is it is really really awesome yeah i mean from really since i started theater i feel like i've kind of grown my my family in a way Mm -hmm. where i i realized in, in doing theater that you do get to kind of choose who your family is. Yeah. And that, you know, sometimes for some people that means that they let go of certain family members and then they, you know, find <laughs> yes. other people. But I think it's awesome that through this, I mean, I do feel like I have a very large family. I feel like some of them I don't get to talk to very much. because They live in different States, but you know, I, it is awesome that really theater is kind of also brought you into our family. Yeah. And that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. like crazy. I mean, I can't imagine. I can't. I can't imagine. I can't imagine my life without you. Because <laughs> there I would sing be. It, so it's okay. There would be sometimes. Uh, yeah, that's how we cope with real emotions. You and I. I mean, um, this is not. This shouldn't be that kind of. Th- I mean, we're we we have to have a little yeah. bit of toxic masculinity. <laughs> we can't just straight up just stroke each other's. You know, egos. egos. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but no, it's it's been really great because I know for me, it, sometimes we would go a month almost. Yeah. In the summertime, uh, when you would be directing, when I would be doing the children's uh, stuff and yeah, other shows. And now I feel like I haven't gone a week without seeing you guys. That's true. And then I took a vacation. Um, here a couple weeks ago. You're going to make it sound like you took a vacation from us. And really, that's no, what you No, 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 no. Well, <laughs> I, I had a friend come into town, and we hadn't seen each other in basically two years. You want to play with your real friend. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, uh, and I didn't see you guys for like a week and a half, and I felt lost. It's like, can it we get strange. back what we didn't have? Yeah. It Where was- are they? <laughs> I don't even know what they've been doing. And I do feel like whenever you came back, I was like, I have thousands of things we to tell so you. We have so many things to talk about. <laughs> thousands of things to tell you. Where have you been? It is It is strange how you kind of like, you You find you find people and they become so integral to your life. Yeah. You know, it's like you're just such an in- integral part of of who we are. It's just, well, it's, it's, you know, we do this every week. So I get to see yeah. you guys so often. Well, and even then, whenever we were doing shows, I feel like there would be a period where used to, I would think, oh, Chris just, this is Chris's ghost time. Yeah. After a show, so when he I just kind like of fades to into the ether and he's just not around and he's doing his thing. And <laughs> when he is ready, he will come back. And then you get that text like, hey, what's up, man? Just sometimes that going? was a lot longer. <laughs> Than others, depending on the show or yeah. the rehearsal process. Um, but I did start thinking, you know, what what we were talking about earlier um, with, you know, what we're excited about. So we have we have like scheduled and we've worked our way through to where we're looking at, you know, coming back and doing our first show since the start of quarantine, and we have everything on the books and. We haven't announced anything officially yet because we're still waiting to hear back from all of our original cast to see, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully that we have everybody that we yeah. had originally. And if we don't, you know, who we need to recast, which would be heartbreaking in so many ways, but also understandable because it's been over. Um, well, it's not quite a year, but it no, is. no, it's been over a year because we we, t- we did the table read in March. Oh, my God. That's so. Tr- yeah. yeah. Because uh, that, yes, yes, that is, oh my gosh. It's crazy to think that it's May. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I forgot all about that. Like that, the the trials of having a social media where it's it's like, hey, remember, remember this? And it's some of those memories are like, oh, that's so nice. And some of those memories are like, that's so nice. And it, yet it breaks my heart. Yeah. So and, I, I did an event a couple of weeks ago and everyone was like, yeah, it was like two years ago since we all hung out. And I was like. It was a year. It was exactly a year. Because, yeah, the, the last year has like felt about years. two plus. Yeah. It feels like a whole other time, a whole, a whole other like existence ago. Yeah. Will anything ever be the same? But, you know, we have this scheduled and then I started thinking, you know, we had initially thought. So we're doing um, so we we scheduled Mockingbird again and all that's awesome. Yeah. And um no matter what I just I I just so afraid to say that no matter what we're going to make it happen yeah. because I feel like I've been saying that for a year. <laughs> so people are going to be like, "Oh my gosh, yes, you're going to do it." Woo. Yeah. Um and lord, if it's, it's hard not to temper your expectations at this point. Yes, it's just it's hard not to kind of police yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you're like, "Okay, but don't get too excited because 
literally a monkey wrench could be thrown in there at any minute. Yeah. Um, and you just kind of halfway expect it, but just hope for the best. Which I just, I hate that. I don't want to be that mm-hmm. person. I also feel like, bef- like I know that we're talking about something completely different, but I do have to apologize to you because I listened to about 15 minutes of the last podcast and turned it off. <laughs> so if anyone listened to the full podcast last time, I, I didn't because I listened to 15 minutes and got so frustrated with myself because I never shut up. And you would try to talk, and I think I was just excited. Yeah, we were we were excited because it was the first time we'd been back after both of our vacation type of, like, because you went to the mm-hmm. to the camp? Yeah. Yeah. And and I'd gone uh, to hang out with my buddy Sean, and then... We were on a break! We were on a break, yeah. So we come back, and then we're both, like, very excited. I, hey, I've got all these stories. I want to talk about this. And so, yeah. And I was just jumping over you the whole time. And I hope, I hope that I have not done that so far because I'm just trying so hard <laughs> to be quiet. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> it at bothers all. me. That's not, that's not a conversation. Like just, just be quiet, Cody. That's what I want. That's, I say that in the car so many times. If I turn this podcast on to just be like, oh, what was, what did this sound like? Or what do we talk about? <laughs> Look, man, I I can say. What did Chris say? You you have better thoughts. No, that's not fair. That's that's just that's just pulling yourself down. That's not true. I can I can be self deprecating if I want to. No, we just had this conversation about <laughs> self deprecation. Yes. No, you're good. It's just I don't give you the chance to talk sometimes, and I hate that because like this last time I was listening. And you started, to, this is when I got frustrated with myself and I was like, I don't want to be friends with me anymore. <laughs> uh, like you started to say something about, you know, one of the like things we were talking about. And then I just totally jumped in and destroyed whatever you were saying and just started talking over you. And then you didn't come back with it. Like it was just, it was past. And I was like, no one will ever know. What Chris had to say. Look, I was excited to be back. It really doesn't matter to me. It's terrible. I enjoy doing this every week. I know, but it's still, that's just not, that's not how a person should be. However, back to what we were saying. Um, so looking at scheduling it, I started thinking, you know, when we initially started talking about what we were going to do like every year and how we were going to form our seizure, our seizure, our seizures, man, a seizure <laughs> that a seizure is sounds dangerous. <laughs> That's what we're planning right now is a seizure. Basically. Yes. <laughs> we're hoping that it happens. And if it doesn't, it's going to be very painful. And it is a seizure. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we're planning this and initially we thought, you know what? We don't want to get caught into the uh, the tradition or the like expectation of every single year we have to do Christmas Carol, which happens. You know, like the Alliance Repertory Theater in mm-hmm. in Atlanta, they do Christmas Carol every single year, and now they make bank on it, and everybody expects it. And you know, so many people they've been doing it for so long now; they've done it for like twenty years, and people fly in to go see it with their families because it's a huge family tradition. But like, I'm not saying that we're ever going to be on that level. That's not, I'm not comparing (laughs) myself to them. Like they're a highly huge reputable equity company. But I mean, you kind of fall into that category where people expect it. And then when you don't, they're like, why didn't you do this? Yeah. 
Um, and so we just didn't want to do that. So we were going to kind of break it up and do Christmas Carol like every other year or, you know, like do it sometimes, but not all the time. Yeah. Um, and so we were going to do Tuna Christmas. And then I started thinking, I was like, do we do like when we're coming out of this, do we do a two man show or do we do Christmas Carol again? Because we technically under that formula, we would be do- doing Christmas Carol now. But I, I really want to do tuna christmas <laughs> yeah and so i don't know like what like so, is that selfish and also i I'm see thinking, both. like tuna christmas is a two-man show and it's and it's like you know not as intense if mm-hmm. something happens if there's like some crazy spike in the winter or whatever or if you know if we are going to do but then, like, I think about the message of Christmas Carol, and it always is so beautiful and resonates so well, and what a great message to be sending out there. And and that's really what we love to do, is to do theater with a message. And I'm not saying that Tuna Christmas doesn't have a message, <laughs> but it does have a very specific message. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Well, I see both sides of the argument there, in that, like, you would want to do... Um, Christmas Carol because you want to get back to normal. You want to have this like thing that is traditional. And well, you and the like, ca- and also I think that I'm a little jaded because our cast when we did it was so beautiful yes, and nice. They were and really just awesome. Such a magical experience to be a part of, honestly. And, and yeah, so in very my mind, selfishly, I'm like, I had good scene partners for it. I want to recreate it. Yeah, you know, and then that's that's also a trap. And but I also see the thing of coming out of. Lockdown, pandemic, um, everything that's happened within the past, at, at that point, it'll be like a year and three quarters. Yeah. And wanting to have something that's so lighthearted. I know, and just have fun. Yeah. And that's really what, that's all Tuna is. It's just like a basket of fun and sanity. But I, 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 I do want to hang out with all those people again. I know. That's why I'm <laughs> like, uh, oh, it's a hard, it's, it's hard to I'm like, very selfish make those choices. And both of them are great options. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. But we, we for sure are doing Mockingbird. <laughs> yes. That's that's what we were have been dancing around. It's like, I am so excited to finally do this show. But it also means that I have redesigned the show <laughs> again. I yeah. have never in my life. I mean, even in school where they're like, "Hey, here's a show, like let's look at all these different options and like everybody like you're going to design something or you know, and you have a, a common show and a bunch of people do a, a design for it and you see the differences and like why did you choose this and then put all those designs together in different aspects and that was that was that's cool, but I feel like I've done that with one show by myself. <laughs> so, I mean, you would think after all this time, no matter what, when this thing starts, this has got to be the best show in the world because we've had so much time so, to plan for it. I will say this. I think that uh, – and you don't have to, like, stop talking when I try to interject a little bit. Or now you're feeling I, like I, the I, deathly silence. <laughs> like you just immediately <laughs> cut up. I was like, no. nope, I'm letting him talk. The, the thing I will say is that I think – very few people probably get the opportunity to redesign something mm-hmm. and like basically have it refined yeah to this to this thing that would when we sat down the other night and kind of like drew up the stage it mm-hmm. was nothing like the original idea looked like yeah no it was not like the original i and mean we, there, we had there found are certain some new aspects things too, of yeah. it that 
were there, but then there were also like this pent up creative energy that I think was like, we can do this. And now I'm sure whenever this show is done off of what we just designed, I'm probably going to be more tired than I've ever been in my life. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, we can do this because I want it to look so good. I mean, really, I kind of end up doing this all the time, but whenever we're designing something, I get, I get so in, in, trenched in the environment aspect of it mm-hmm. because I just I want I want the audience to of course get involved with the acting but I also want them to get in there and then immediately feel like that they are where we are yeah that they are a part of it and it's not just them sitting like that barrier like when we were talking about watching TV I want that barrier to be gone yeah I want them to be in it to win it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like that they are feeling what we are feeling or, you know, I, I just think that when you can do that, you know, starting from the time that they open the door to walk in the lobby to get their tickets, yeah. that they understand the feeling all the way until they go to their seat that, the, oh, okay, we are in a different place. This is where we are. Like, I want it to be a full experience. Mm-hmm. And I just, oh, I just, I, I have this, these grand visions. And then it's also strange too, because just because of the pandemic, we have scheduled multiple theaters <laughs> as yes. a just in case. <laughs> and it's like, all right, well, if this doesn't work out, we're going to go over here and just change the locale. Right. <laughs> and so then you have to think, okay, I've got to design something now, which is like a whole new problem. I've got to design something that, or pro- I shouldn't, maybe shouldn't say problem. Um, privilege. It definitely, actually, it, it truly is a privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this this new privilege, I guess, of designing a show that could possibly take place in one of three locations. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just nuts. <laughs> I'm just being like, all right, let's see what... I mean, and I know that I'm saying that, and there are people that design shows to take place in a, on a, in a touring setting that goes, you know, all over the place. But, yeah. I mean... My God, they got a budget. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it was something I was thinking about uh, today since we had um, really sat down and designed and, and thought about it. And I thought, you know, I hadn't sat with the script in a minute. Yeah, me neither. And, and when we had first started, we had our table read. I'd started like beating out the script and everybody's, yeah. uh, uh, as Judith Weston always says, like the action verbs to everybody mm-hmm. so that I could be ready if a question ever had, you know, arisen. And then I feel lazy because I didn't didn't finish any of that. (laughs) Well, you know, but it's strange because we, I feel like because we had this huge gap of time Mm -hmm. that there's all this pressure now that whenever we come back out of it, we have to do the biggest, best thing that's ever happened. And there's no way that with that type of thought process, and I know this logically, but I don't feel it. Yeah, I'm saying this and I don't feel it. I'm trying to convince myself. But I know that logically that is setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Because you're not including all the different variants. And that whole like that this the last year was difficult and everybody had to get through it the way they got through it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times was just kind of letting the days roll by. Yes. And doing what you needed to do to make sure that you could make it to the next day. Right. And. You know, I mean, sometimes that was not sitting down thinking about this show because it kind of broke my heart oh, into a thousand pieces. It was so sad. 
because I knew that it wasn't going to happen. And then whenever that performance date passed by, that was really rough for the first (laughs) performance day. And I watched a lot of Netflix. Yeah. And then I thought, how silly is it that these people who got HBO Max and then the second performance day rolled by and that wasn't going to happen? And I was like, we should get HBO Max. (laughs) 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 And so on and so forth. And now we have all the subscriptions. Yeah. Well, one of the things I I did want to circle back to is that, you know, talking about problem is that I was looking at this and I thought, oh, man, this is going to be so overwhelming to sit here and rework my way through the script. But then I also thought, how dare you? Because now you have the privilege Mm -hmm. to sit there and really work through the script. Yeah, you would hope that coming out of it, everybody has this this feeling of how lucky we are to to be back and to doing it again and how you know beautiful it is to sit in a room with a bunch of people and have a joined experience yeah where you know we have not been able to do that for a very long time and to be able to create a new world that we get to play in and actually try to process i mean you know when we do shows especially a show like this we're doing it because we need to learn something not yeah. just that it's not that we're trying to teach the audience something every time. It's that, you know, we as the actors need to have an outlet or creators need to have an outlet to process the information. And dear God, this year's information. Yes. Very much so. And one of the things that I've done, especially like with my time uh, here in the past, I would say probably five months or so, is I've started reading all of these like old acting books that I've had yeah, and watching other actors talk about like how they process information and like, how can I grow as an actor? And and I think that doing this, you know, we've been talking about this acting class for a couple of weeks now mm-hmm. and I've been so excited to uh, get back to the acting class after, you know, my couple of week break there. Yeah. And that, like, man, I, I, I want to try these new techniques or how have I thought about the character? How have I sat down with them? And, and just trying to, like, grow over this process. Like, I haven't had a chance to really sit there and think about how can I improve my craft mm-hmm. in a way that isn't just, like, let me run from one show to the next to the next to the next. Right, where you actually start to think about the process yes. and, and how to make it the best that it can be. Because, you know, you and I probably have both gone to these acting classes and we have all these tools in our tool belt to pull out at any point. And then it's like... Yeah, the toolbox can sometimes be a trap. Yeah, and, and it's you, like, well, why do I use the hammer? Oh, yeah. well, how can I go deeper Exactly. this? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I've been lucky enough to have some really great, great uh, like acting classes or acting teachers, I mean, and to where they they will call you out on being like, hey, that that you pulled that from your toolbox and and I can tell and it worked. But that was a cheap move. Yeah, and you didn't like <laughs> I mean, you that you're just not trying. Like, That's what I, I, I love. Know that you pulled That's the best. Me. Yeah. And I'm like, you're right. I, I totally did that. And I knew I could get away with it. And I just obviously am uncomfortable with trying to delve deeper and I should try that. But also, you know, I've been seeing all of these videos and I talked about this a little bit at class the other night of people talking about their acting class horror stories. And, (laughs) you know, there's all this uh, stuff going on in the world about just raising awareness about situations and knowing when something is healthy or 
or unhealthy. Yeah. And just seeing all of the unhealthy acting classes and then realizing that in all honesty, like I have been in some of those (laughs) and I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I have seen this happen. It has happened to me where a particular teacher has said something like this to me. And I just thought, Oh, this is what, I mean, this is just what it is. Like I feel like garbage and this was really awful, but, I mean, this is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And then you just keep moving forward. And it's like this, you know, what we do, it's such a sensitive business. It's so difficult. And when you're dealing with people's emotions and honestly, their trauma, Mm -hmm. because everything comes from something. Yeah. And whenever you have a, an acting teacher berate you in front of everyone and, you know, make you feel less than that's just not the way. And that's, I, I, I immediately was stressed that whole last acting class that I am that person. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to be the person that says these horrible things and destroys a person because I know that I get very intense sometimes. And, you know, everybody makes fun of me for rushing up at people sometimes and just jumping up. Yeah. Um, But I, God, I hope that I have never said anything that's just destroyed a human being like that. I just, oh, it just stresses me out. As someone who has more of a, I guess, subjective view of how you direct, I I would say that you probably, you you approach it more in the way that, like, I think about acting Mm. and that I have to associate these action verbs or what is my intention or what is the... What is the spine of the, the the show? Like, what do I want to accomplish overall? And yeah, I don't like th- you're I don't, super objective. Yeah, I don't think that you've ever, from what I've observed, rather, I, I don't think that I've ever seen you do that. Per well, se. like I hope that really I've never said like when you know when somebody is like a like if a woman is playing a particular character that I haven't brought in their personal life and been yes. like obviously you can do something like this because. Of yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Like in front of everyone. I hope that I have not done that. And I feel like somewhere along the way, it would have been very possible for me to. And I hope that I have not (laughs) done that because, oh my gosh, that would just destroy me if I thought that I, you know, had done something like that. I think it's all about the approach to like a, a. not maybe necessarily saying that specific thing about somebody, but yeah. even if you like want to invoke their trauma, like if someone had were, were trying to to see this dead body in front of them, and it was like, "Have you ever seen someone dead before?" Right. When's the last time? Like, have you ever seen a dead person? Yeah, I mean, well, and then have them recall that memory. That's how you approach it in a very actor's sort of way. I wouldn't say that you do it to hurt someone along the way. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, I heard I was listening to this girl talk about an acting class where um, they basically were <laughs> they, they basically called her a whore in the acting class. And they were like, well, clearly you can like relate to this character who's a whore because of, you know, your experience. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God. I cannot imagine a world. I mean, like, holy crap. If I, I, and what does that say to your, like, who is this person? And I know that there are bad people in it and everything, but like, oh my God, I cannot imagine saying that to somebody. <laughs> right. And bringing that forth. And then I started thinking like, I mean, I, 
surely I feel this way, but I also would know that if I had done something like that to someone, I would hope that they would say something to me or that someone else would say something to me Yeah, and be like, hey, do you realize what you just did so that I could then change? And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that sometimes an acting teacher or director, like, I think it's very easy for people to get a God complex Mm -hmm. and they don't necessarily think about the things that they're saying to people. I was listening to this woman who is a Broadway performer talk about auditioning for somebody. And when she auditioned for them, she sang a song from a show and they told her that she should never sing that song before. Why in the world would she ever choose it? It doesn't fit in her voice. And it was terrible. And, you know, she's not doesn't have the body type for that character and yada, yada, yada. They just kind of berated her in this audition. And then she left and it destroyed her. And that stayed with her for a long time. And then they did a revival of the show and they cast her in that part. And then she won a Tony for it. Yeah. And at the party, that casting director went up to her and was like, congratulations. And she said, oh, that's very interesting coming from you. He's like, what are you talking about? And she told him the story, and he was like, I said that? Oh, my gosh, you know me. I'm so sorry. That's that's like the phrase, the axe forgets, but the tree remembers. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. And it's just, it's so easy to say something. And I think about this with when teaching kids all the time. It's so easy to say one thing that is going to stick with somebody for a long time that is absolutely meaningless to you. Mm -hmm. But just because it's meaningless to you doesn't mean it's meaningless to them. Yeah. And it's that's, that's the whole words have power thing, man. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's so easy to destroy someone's spirit and we should all just, I mean, it doesn't take that much effort to work just a little bit harder to think about what we're saying before we say it and what it's going to mean. Like, did she need to know all of that yeah. stuff at that audition? <laughs> yeah. Even if he felt that way. It's, it's, the, well, I think the difference is when you're an actor, you can read your scene partner. And yeah. when they're not giving you this energy, you know how to like reflect that back in a way that makes the scene make sense. And I think in that moment, he had never had that experience or Maybe. that onstage per- performance experience. And he didn't know how to read the room, I guess you could say, and understand the emotions that that person was sending towards him. Like, I'm hesitant because of all of these external factors. I'm nervous. I'm all mm-hmm. of this. And having having said that, just to cut that person down in that way tells me that you you aren't in, in connection with this human experience that we as an actor have to make ourselves vulnerable for. Well, right. I mean, when you I, tell me I'm bad at something, it's like, oh, you're bad at experiencing emotions. Yeah, and I've, I've, I've. Oh, sat that's through, how I take it sometimes. And no, I, I understand. <laughs> I feel the same way. But I, I've sat through auditions before that, in all honesty, were absolutely terrible. But I've also given auditions. Like I have auditioned and been the person that has been the person that auditioned badly. Yeah. And I know that there are so many factors that go into it. I mean, like everybody's got a life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it. so many people in the business say when the opportunity arises, you have to be ready to greet it. Mm-hmm. They're like, great, I might be ready to greet it, but I might also be in a very terrible place mentally. And that should not be 
you know, that 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 shouldn't fall back on me. Yeah. There are certain things that you cannot control. And I remember in school always being taught, well, you have got to be ready for anything, no matter what happens. I mean, I did it. I auditioned for APT and they I had to do like seven monologues and it was the worst. And why in the world did that ever even happen? But I just kept feeling like I had to say yes. Yeah. Because they told me whenever somebody when a casting director asks you a question and you say no, then you're not you're not easy to work with mm-hmm. and you're not prepared. So no matter what, be in a situation where you can say yes. And I remember being on like monologue number seven and just being like, holy crap, I'm pulling out monologues that are garbage. I've not worked on these in forever. And I'm I I'm not showcasing myself very well. Yeah. But I'm saying yes. Instead, I should have been like, you know what I do, but I have not worked these particular monologues in a long time. I can try, but they are not going to be great. Well, that that goes to show Instead, your was maturity like, and your boundaries that you now yes, have. Now as an adult. I have. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> At the time, I was like, "Please, God, thank you so much." I just want to work. That's also like I remember running into American Players Theater. They're like the you know one of the like Oregon Shakes or like even the way that I thought about Montana Shakespeare, um, which I was lucky to work with them. But you know, or like. Oregon Shakes or American Players Theater or, you know, even on some levels, Utah Shakespeare are some of the the biggest, you know, Shakespeare companies that you really, really want to work with. Mm -hmm. And that's almost like your or the like a, a classical theater actors version of making it. You can say, like, I did this. I survived. Yeah. And I um I remember when I auditioned for APT and. Also, I know that people probably do remember my audition story for Utah, so they know that I don't I didn't get that one. <laughs> but <laughs> but I when I remember thinking about APT and then I I walked into that audition, it was such a ridiculous story. I walked into that audition that day and uh I had done a uh like an audition workshop with the casting director Brenda Davida. And um she was at our school and I auditioned for, and I had like found this other monologue, this, these monologues, and I had worked them, and I went in there and I auditioned, and it was fine. Um, but it, she was not, in, I could tell that she was yeah. not interested in me, and it was kind of heartbreaking. But then I went up there to see some shows, and while we were there, I was at the bar after the show called The Shed, and um, it's where, like, where all those local actors go in Spring Green, and... Brenda was there and obviously had been drinking a bit, but she said, what do you do? Who? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, um, I go to OCU. I actually did an audition workshop for you, which I honestly should have never broken up, brought up, but luckily she was, had been drinking. So she didn't really, she didn't know who I was. Yeah. And she wouldn't have remembered it anyway. And she was like, Oh my gosh, I love, that school and she like talked about the school for a little while on the like program and stuff and I was like yeah yeah it's it's awesome and um and then she said I am just like if I have to see another person do this particular Sam Shepard monologue and you did it and that was the one that I used in that workshop <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh, yes. I mean how basic like that's terrible yeah. why would anyone do that monologue 
Oh my god. Oh my gosh. And since then, I I still like, I'll still be just driving down the road and I'll think about that. Like, oh my god, I did this monologue. And you know, there are times where casting directors think of something as being so overdone that immediately they just turn their brain off and they don't really even yeah. watch to see what you're doing. Whereas for me, as a young actor, I had just discovered that show. But for her, who had been doing it for 20 years, she had probably seen that show 100 times. Well, that's what's so but crazy. I didn't is, know that. Yeah. You've said this many times in that you want to see something fresh or this yeah. new idea. And you were talking about your your friend, uh, Jesse, who had held the hand out for the glass. CJ. But C- you were CJ. close. Man, I was... Not There's even close. A J. <laughs> anyway, you were talking about your friend who had, had held out the the hand for the glass, yeah, and had that like that In one audition piece. Yeah, it was like what? No one mm. had ever done that before, and that's what you really want to see. Yeah, that's so when what you, you see, see. ten thousand Sam Shepherds, it gets lost in a sea of. I've seen this. Yeah, and I've so you this. just kind of immediately you're like, oh, I'm kind of bored. But she said that, and then. She was like, hey, did you audition for us this year? And I was like, no, we, you know, I'm in Oklahoma and I'm planning on moving to Chicago, but like I couldn't make it to Chicago or Spring Green or anything to audition. And she was like, oh my God, you're auditioning tomorrow. And I was like, what? <laughs> now, this is at like 2.33 in the morning. And we had been at the shed. All of a sudden, you sober for up a real while. fast. Oh my gosh! I was like, "What have I drank? How much of it? And am I going to be okay?" <laughs> um, and also, like, is this just one of those things where she's saying this, and it's not actually going to happen? Mm. Mm. But you know, you just don't know. And so then she was like, "No, no, no! You're gonna, you're gonna do it." And she called her assistant casting director, and. Uh, because at the time she was the casting director, but now she's actually the executive director of the company. And she uh, she called the assistant casting director and was like, hey, wake up. Like, this is at 2.33 in the morning, by the way. So she wakes up, Carrie, and uh, and says, hey, I've got, I've got, I've got somebody who's going to audition tomorrow. When are you free? And she was like, I, like, what do you mean? And they had this whole conversation. Turns out she was free. Only at 7 a.m. Oh, no. <laughs> Which is, you know, like, not even the five hours away. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. And so uh, she's like, I'll be there at 7. And so afterwards, Brenda was like, so we'll see you at 7. I was like, okay, awesome. I'll, 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 I'll be there. This is great. Do I need? She was like, just show up and it'll be fine. You're going to love it. It's going to be great. This is where you go. So I immediately left. I like straight up bolted out of there. <laughs> hey, I'd love to keep doing this. I've got to go right and, now. Well, there's some other parts of the story that I'm not totally sure if I if our our podcast material stories. <laughs> um, but there was this weird situation going on with a particular friend of ours that we were staying with in Chicago, which was we were going there to visit, and then we went to Spring Green. And she was going there to see a teacher that she was having a particularly inappropriate relationship with. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? And um, anyway, just I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about it later. But we left and I was like, I'm, I'm going back to the one hotel in Spring Green of this town of like 2000 people. Um, the town 
I don't know if I've told you about this place before, but the town of Spring Green has a population that um, could all fit inside of the theater that is in Spring Green. Mm. Because they have so many, and they sell out like every show. Interesting. So, like, it's insane, man. Yeah. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. But the whole town could fit in there, and they could still have some out-of-towners. Um, and it's really pretty out there. But anyway, so... I um, go back to the hotel and I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do tomorrow? Like I've got to like one sober up. I also have to sleep and I have to shower and I have to think about what I'm going to do because it's the rest of my life. And I was so <laughs> tense. And we, we get up the next day. I go there and on the way, which is the whole reason why I started telling this story and then I got lost in some of the details. But on the way there, James DeVita, like Jimmy DeVita, who mm-hmm. to me at the time, I mean, his name may not mean anything to anyone else or to you rather, but he is to me like exactly who I always wanted to be. I mean, he's one of the most amazing, talented performers I have ever seen and maybe will ever see to this day. He did a one man Shakespeare show that he wrote. He's done he's written books. I mean, he's just like this amazing, amazing person and also happens to be Brenda's husband. And he's just like this not very tall Italian man. And I had only ever seen him on stage and on stage. He's like 20 feet tall. Yeah. And I'm six, three and I thought he was taller than me. And I was walking into this space and I saw him and he was leaving to go up to the hill to the theater to rehearse and I had this like I'm in college starstruck moment for this Shakespeare actor who I knew and I saw him and I was like yeah, hi <laughs> I didn't run up and hug him like like Mike but but I stopped and I was like you're Jimmy you're Jimmy Jimmy David and he was like yeah and I was like oh, I forgot that's your name right here I'm on, I'm on Disney here today. <laughs> and he's like, what? I'm like, I'm on Disney here. It's like, I need to know where to go. <laughs> like, where do I go? And I was pretty hungover, to be honest. But I, I, was, I was making it. I could tell by your slurs. Yeah. And he was like, uh, it's in there. And I was like, where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> that is such a you thing. Like you're trying to be charming and it's just I like. Was, I just failed so hard. He looked back at me. He was like, you jerk. He was just kind of looked back at me and he was like, up the hill. And I was like, ha ha. <laughs> 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 the look of loss that you just gave me told me everything about that poor man situation. Like. I turned this around is not a person I and immediately work with. was like, who are you? What <laughs> is your name? You need to get your life right. Like what <laughs> just happened? Well, I walked in there and everybody was super nice and they were they were great. And um, they like showed us around all of their stuff. And I was just starstruck the whole time because I looked up to this company for so long. And I did this audition where I did, you know, so many monologues in so many different ways. And I didn't get it. That's moral. That's like the end of it. I didn't get it, but the really all of it was just to get to the Jimmy DeVita thing. Yeah, was just so so into it. But I wish that I would have been 
and I also went into it thinking like, oh my God, every single one of these monologues has been overdone for literally 400 years because yeah. they're Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm going to do the them. All the world's a stage and all the men and women. Exactly. Really. Yeah. And I'm, in, I'm here doing them in front of these people who are like the experts. And I'm just some idiot from college. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way they're going to hire me. I went in there with that mindset. And I was not ready for that situation. And I should have been like, you know what? I would love to audition for you, but we are here very late. And I've been drinking. And there's no way I'm going to give you a good monologue yeah. at seven in the morning. And she knew that. And I'm not going to be on. She yeah. didn't care. She just like, I, I don't know. But still, I, I think back to that now and I'm like, God, if I just would have had the guts to be like, you know what? No, this is not the best way that I can represent myself. Yeah. But it's made for a funny story, anyway. So there, there are two things to that to that story that I thought were very interesting. One is that, in the same way that you thought about uh, Jimmy Devita as yeah. being this very tall person that you've seen on stage. Before. Oh, by the way, yeah, that's what I was like. He was not. He didn't. Yeah. He like didn't even. He was like at my elbow. Yeah. So that's something that I get all the time and that yeah. people are like, well, how tall are you? And I'm like, I'm like average five, nine, whatever. You can be so huge on stage. And they tell me, I, I, I really thought you were six something. Yeah. And I thought, oh, thank you. I just, yeah, I'm looking up to all my co-stars all the time. <laughs> like, how, how tall do you think Cody is? Yeah. He's gotta be oh seven God. foot. He's like the Yao Ming of acting. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> But it's crazy that that you can see someone on stage and they can have a presence and then you think that they are larger than life itself. Yeah. Or or even even like just how their personality is outside of the stage that you think, wow, they like have grown into their self confidently. Mm -hmm. And then you, you mentioned earlier about like traumas and things like that, like the things that we bring onto the stage and like, I'm hearing your story and it's so traumatic. It's like, Oh my God, yeah. never, yeah, never. I would have been so nervous the entire time, but, but you know what? I went back to school and I told everybody and I was like, I auditioned freaking AP. Like you have no idea. Yeah. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, and but- I did it and I said, yes. And I was like, like it was a great thing when really I should have been mortified. I mean like one, Brenda DeVita told me that my monologue that I used in this audition workshop was garbage. <laughs> she didn't even know it. I had I was like up at 2.33 in the morning and I had an audition that she gave me at 7 in the morning and she didn't even show up for it. And when I was at the audition, I said something to Carrie about that. I was like, hey, where's Brenda? And she was like, oh, hungover. She called me drunk last night about this audition. I was like, mm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm going to get this job. And then I suffered through doing six, seven different monologues. Yeah. I think about four, I would have been what like, What an idiot. What are we doing? What, 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 what What's was I happening? doing? Yeah. I think at a point she was just kind of like, Has he got another one? <laughs> Dance monkey. Yeah. Let's just, let's just see how long. And then left later and was having lunch with Jimmy. And he was like, Did you see that guy? He didn't even know who I was. He just kind of <laughs> laughed when I said I was going up the hill. And we're gonna, I'm going to audition for you. It's like, Later. what's up the hill? <laughs> yeah. But but it's so interesting, too, to think, because when we're doing this acting class and I was doing my first monologue, it's comedic and it's a little more in my wheelhouse. Yeah. But when we were working on the second one, mm-hmm. that's when I really suffered a little bit because you would ask me to do this thing that, like, one of the things that I suffer with is someone being so nonchalant and unloving. Yeah. 
And I was very hesitant and resistant to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that you even noticed like, hey, look, this isn't working. And I was like, it's because I well, have and such I an aversion the to these types that, of people. Yeah. And I recognize that sometimes things don't work because we are like, this isn't going to yeah. work. There's no way this is going to work because like if you don't believe in it, then it's not going to happen. Yeah. And we have these hangups. Yeah. Because we're people too and we're trying to express this emotion. It's like, I hate this thing. Yeah. I don't want to do it. And it's hard to kind of like wrap our heads around changing that. Yeah. Even though that we're actors and we're like, all right, we're going to become someone else. But it's still a piece of us in some mm-hmm. way. Um, and I think sometimes we get lost in that. Yeah. But I mean, even, you know, I like the other day. Everyone else left the acting class, and I know that I was being really weird about this, but everybody left. And really, at this point, it's not even an acting like we're we're doing acting class, but really, it's show up and I'm gonna work the monologues with everyone. But um, it's really more like theater club, yeah, right. <laughs> at this point, because like we're way <laughs> over club. the amount of actual acting classes yeah. that we would have done at this point. But it's like we're just gonna keep doing this. What do you say? Six classes? Yeah, we're, we're at like twelve, way over. fourteen. We're way like over, that, yeah. way over that mark. Um, but it's just we're having so much fun, and mm-hmm. I love all of these people so much. I mean, I could do this with them forever. Um, but I really was feeling super like kind of rusty about acting. And I really was wanting like people were on their way out. And I thought, you know, when people leave, I'm going to ask, ask Chris and Lexi to stay. And I want to, I want to just see if I can still do this. Mm -hmm. Like I was kind of nervous about it. And you and our friend Ty who's taking the class stayed behind. And I eventually was like, look, I, I just, I want to do this. I don't want to be the acting teacher. That's like, Hey, I'm going to do it. Well, it's one and of those I'm things. Show you. I would be really jealous if I were in your shoes and I started watching all of these people do these monologues. Yeah, and then I couldn't also do it. Well, it, it is hard sometimes, but also in a way, it's not because in a like I experience every second of that monologue with you guys because mm-hmm. I am going through it. I mean, I want to be doing it. Yeah, I do, but it is like a whole other thing. I don't know. It's hard hard to describe, but yes, it is has some jealousy in there. Um, the actor inside of me is definitely jealous, mm-hmm. but I waited for everybody to leave because I didn't want to be the acting teacher or the person that performs for their students or, you know, whatever that is to be like, watch me sing this song or, you know, whatever experience this. Yes. Ah, <laughs> um, look at what you're paying for. I, but so everybody had gone and I just asked if I could do two monologues. And the first one I had not, I mean, we'll, really either of them I haven't done a monologue in so long I didn't even know what I was going to do I mean I hadn't really planned it but I didn't like I couldn't remember the lines to the first one for a bit and then I finally did remember it and I just fell into doing all of these and I felt myself doing it I was just kind of like I'm just I'm not really doing this right Mm. like I'm just using all of these little tricks that I have in my toolbox Mm -hmm. and then I did the Shakespeare monologue and that felt more in my wheelhouse and I did some new stuff in there that kind of surprised me and it was I guess maybe I got my nerves out but then at the end I I was weird I just kind of expected you guys to just brutally murder me with yeah. some notes but I was sad that I had done so so many um 
I'm trying to say like amateur mistakes with my first monologue because like I didn't have an active other in it and I wasn't I didn't I didn't make it into a scene the mm-hmm. thing that I tell people to do all the time you know I I was doing because it's been so long since I had done something yeah and I know that's what it is but it had been so long that I was doing stuff that I get people not to do yeah I was falling into bad habits because it was just kind of like I'm just going to do this yeah I know this is weird because I'm I'm talking about it right now but no I, I did kind of want you and Ty to destroy me, and both of you were like, that was, that was, that was good. It was fine. Well, it's, it's, it's different when I think you see someone who knows the second... Because I could see it. One of the things that I didn't say in that moment is I could see when you realized, I've done this thing. Yeah. And then you shifted gears. And then mm-hmm. it was like, well, it's hard to correct you on that. When I saw you make that active like, choice, like, yeah, and you fixed it. You you knew what you had done, and you corrected it. And it, and it's not like an amateur. And I'm not saying that like I don't also make those mistakes because like one of the things that I'm very insecure about, especially with this acting class, is people seeing my process. In that, yeah, it's hard make, to to give I fail a hundred times. Yeah, I fell a hundred times to make one good choice. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, and, and like watching you do the same things that I do, like you're saying like, oh, the ball is red. The ball is red. The ball is red. Like you're 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 doing these things. Yeah. You're just processing this in the same way that we've had weeks with these monologues. You're bringing something back that you didn't fully know all the way. Like, God, I haven't done a monologue in like, yeah seven six years so six it, years yeah it, like you perform them you know one and a three quarter time because i i'll give it to you you didn't fully know that first one in the same way i just couldn't remember i honestly cannot believe that that shakespeare monologue was in my brain you had it in your back pocket i had not thought about that shakespeare monologue in forever and uh the other monologue i mean I used to do what's strange is the second monologue that I knew really well, I only used in an audition maybe twice. And the first monologue that I did that I failed at miserably, I had done a hundred times, like thousands <laughs> of times. I have done that monologue. And That's it so is much better. It's like, what in the world? But it was also, it wasn't Shakespeare. Yeah. I was like, what in the world? Why is this? But you know Shakespeare. You like you not wear in that my as brain. a shoe that you wear but all the time. Yeah. It is one of those things that like it it just I think that sometimes, you know, it just kind of sticks in your bones just because it's written so well. Yeah. It, like the next thing goes to the next thing goes to the next thing so perfectly. Yeah, his dialogue flows very, very well. So it's easy to remember because that was the thing. I, I was doing a monologue from Dorian Gray. And from Oscar Wilde's, I actually took it straight from the novel. And that was one of the things that when I would do that in an audition, like the the auditors always loved it. They were like, where is that from? And I was like, "That's it's just from the novel. I just yeah. took it straight from the novel. They're like, oh, my God, that's awesome. And it was just kind of obviously something that they hadn't heard before because it wasn't from a play, mm-hmm. even though there are many adaptations. But I took it from the book. And it so it always kind of piqued people's interest, but it was also my like get out of jail free card. Ace in the hole. It was my ace in the <laughs> hole. And then I did that in front of you and Ty and I failed. Oh, I failed so hard. Yeah. 
And no, no, I didn't mean to agree with you, but no, no I would I, say that you failed. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. <laughs> no, but I totally no. I mean, I did. I I failed. I did not do the monologue any sort of justice. I also the first time I started it, I started off with a halfway British dialect that I was going in and out of. Another thing that you criticized yes, people for. Yes, but also like when I would do that monologue, it was always for a restoration comedy yes. that had a British dialect, and so then I started it with. But in front of you guys, and I was like, oh, don't do that. And I was like, oh, but I can't because I've always, like, this is, I don't know how to do this not, Brit- it's written to be British. Yeah. I don't know how to do this not well, I mean, it's the picture of Torian Gray. Yeah, I know. I was like, I don't know how to do this not British. And But for a second, I tried to not do it. I was like, what is going on? Like, the amount of crazy mental Olympics that was going on. Yeah, you were making, and, and that's that's another, that's the thing that I was talking about. It's like, I watched you make choices. I watched you realize the things that you were doing in the oh, moment. And failed. it was like, it's hard to correct you on something that I see you playing with. Because, one, I've seen you work, and then there's the audience. And then it is just like, the things that I've seen you do get amplified to 10. Yeah. And, and you know, not that they weren't already up there, but it was also like, watching you, I was like, oh, you're doing the same things that I do on my own mm-hmm. and you're processing this and and it's hard to criticize someone that's processing it. I, I like you didn't bring it prepared in the same way that like, say I worked on this whole week and I brought this to show you like, look what I did. Yeah. And you were, you were making these decisions in the moment and it was hard to criticize you on it because it's like, you know what you're doing. <laughs> I don't need to tell you all the I know, things but I that think you're doing. Sometimes, you know, I talked about that like God complex, and I I do not think in any way that I have that, but I do think that it would be easy to fall into it. But I I feel like that you get into a place where you feel like you can no longer make mistakes mm-hmm. because you try to be this harbinger of truth. Yeah, in a sense, you know, like I'm the torchbearer. You and know, I'm trying to bring everybody, you know, through the darkness and yeah. into honesty, and then you show up and you can't. Because you you fail, and that's hard. Mm. One of the things I've heard a director ask people before they do a scene when they're rehearsing is, um, do you have your intention? Yeah. Do you have your uh, objective Well, I even said that. I was like, I did this monologue, and I've done this monologue a thousand times in an audition, and I cannot tell you where I am. Mm-hmm. And, I, <laughs> and I'm just realizing this. Like, I don't I know who I'm talking to. I do know who I'm talking to. But I have no idea what location we're in. I don't know what anything is going. I don't know where I like. I don't know any of the things that I'm supposed to know, mm. which tells me that when I was doing that monologue, I was freaking lazy. Yeah. And I didn't prepare it right. Because it's something you tell everybody. But, you've told everybody in the class specifics every time build this here build this here build this here build this here meanwhile <laughs> in spite <laughs> a rook and the vi farm <laughs> i'm over, i'm over here you know i have no idea what you just said no one does <laughs> literally no one i'm oh, i'm over here not doing anything that's worth anything but oh my gosh i mean yeah, i i think that it is good to Remind ourselves, I mean, even in that moment, like I, I know that I try to think, okay, what is it like to like, it's healthy. What is it like to, to not know exactly what, you know, that this isn't just muscle memory Mm. and, you know, where are other people coming from whenever you're in this kind of community setting where you're educating people about acting and you're wanting them to, 
to get to a place where they're able to be vulnerable and to express themselves. But when you haven't done it in a while and remember what that feeling is, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to remember like, oh, right. This is what it feels like to be uncertain and to know that failure is super possible. And, (laughs) you know, it's just... We'd all love to think that we could get out there and just deliver this beautiful performance that moves people. And and the hubris of of (laughs) me, to be honest, to be like, I haven't prepared anything, but I really want to act and I'm tired. I like I want to do it. And so just stay behind. And if you don't mind and, you know, I'm going to do this monologue like I haven't done this monologue in six years. I'm just going to pull this out and I'm going to be perfect. It's like, (laughs) what? Like I maybe that was my moment. Look at my unsharpened sword, everyone. Yes, exactly. I fell from the heavens and burst into flames on the floor. But it was nice, you know. I, I will say that I was a little frustrated because I had done some stuff in that Shakespeare monologue that when I was done with it, I was like, man, some, like, not all of those choices were great, but I wish I would have done some of that in the auditions that I had used this in. Yeah. Because I feel like that that would have been welcomed a little bit more just like always discovering new things mm. it's just so easy to to you know hinder yourself in that way but it's so you know awesome that we could do monologues forever I mean, i've been doing that monologue now for a very long time and i was still able to be like oh this is a new choice how's that possible but that's just experience and maturity yeah which i think is also why you can go back and read those books yeah and it's, it's been it's like a new book. Yeah, it's been so incredible to to go back to the basics and to see yeah. like, oh, this is why I do this over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here's how I can now build upon this thing yeah. that I learned years ago. I think it's also hard, too, because in that in a sort of setting where you're learning how to hone your skill skill, it's uh, Maybe I had one too many bourbons just now. Did you hear that? Skeel. 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 Jesus. I was going to move past it. But I know, there but you I, go. There, you, there it is. Um, when you learn to hone your skill, was that better? Why? Yes, Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> no inside jokes. Led you into that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. How about that? With What's your Samuel. the best day to go to the beach? Sunday. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that's it. It had to be Sunday. Yeah. What other day would it be? I learned that off a laughing to have a joke today. Oh, does that mean we're done? That means we're we're a little over. Oh no, Lexi's gonna be so mad. She's gonna be. She's gonna be like, look, I had to listen you. to that whole thing. I can leave right now, and I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I will say, uh, to law and Toodalee. And that was Christopanopoulos. And that was Big Kahuna. I say was, you say is. So you're fine with being called Big Kahuna? Jesus. No, I'm not fine with it. I'm just <laughs> over it. I'm like, I'm not going to play into your little game.